Hello everyone, welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark and as always enjoy by Matthew. Morning. And Nathan. Good sort of. morning everyone. You sort of there. Are we alright? I'm living that half-life at the minute. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good, I'm glad you are. <laughs> uh, shall we head straight into the news then? Let's do it. Right, where shall we start? Shall we start with the uh, acquisitions? Ooh, or companies selling things. So it's been announced that Embracer Group has bought a series of studios from Square Enix. Mm. So is it? So it's three studios, isn't it? So it's uh, Crystal Dynamics, Idos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. So now they own IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Legacy of Kane, and Thief, at a cost of three hundred million dollars. It seems fairly cheap to me. Yeah. Yeah. With all these billions banded around, it seems fairly good business. Yeah. Saying that, there might be a reason for that. And that's because of uh, the Marvel games, which are apparently also in the uh, transaction. And really? Yes. But have you heard about how much Square Enix has lost due to the cost? Was it about licenses? 200 million? Yes. Yeah. So they lost no, 200 not, million. Not too bad. No, no. But then you're selling it off for 300 billion, and <laughs> you're not exactly making a, a tiny profit, are you? So, to be honest, I've never even heard of Embracer Group before this. Or oh, I've just never thought of them. I just think of the studio. No, yeah, I, I hadn't heard until uh, heard of them until I looked into like who they actually are. Yeah, so from IGN, it says it basically it just gives a backstory to them. It says Embracer Group is a Swedish holding company that is a company that doesn't produce goods or services itself, rather, it owns other companies that do. Interesting business model. In the case of Embracer, it owns 10 such companies, i.e. operating groups. And these include THQ Nordic, Koch Media, uh, Coffee Stain, Amplifier Game Invest, Sabre Interactive, Decker Games, uh, Gearbox, Entertainment, Easy Brain, Asmodee, and Dark Horse. All 10 companies operate a, variety, a very number of businesses and or studios, all of which fall beneath the Embracer Group umbrella. But in regards to, in regards to the, uh, the Marvel games, they were part of the sale, but according to an investor call, they require Marvel approval for future updates. So that's making that makes the future a bit uncertain for them. Well, most particularly in terms of the Avengers game. Well, you you have thought the last stuff that they talked about already had their approval. So I'm, I'm assuming there's no danger of... Yeah, I think everything that's probably been announced already is going to go ahead. Yeah. Um, interesting to see. I think the the way that Square Enix has handled Earth hasn't been with the greatest of yeah, I personally results. Think <laughs> I, personally think I don't want mm. these to get dragged down because didn't they have that um, announcement like was it at the beginning of the year or something? And all about the blockchain and the cloud and yeah. NFTs well, and all that. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's all that stuff. And yeah. I don't want it to drag, which these are pretty good IPs into all that. So sell them off to people who might actually take care of them. Does this, does this mean the announcement that a new Tomb Raider was being made? Is that do you think that would still go through? Uh, yeah, the Tomb Raider is still happening. Yeah, it's just going to okay. be under this. Fair enough. So essentially, it's it's Square and it's getting rid of their Western studios by the looks of it, so they can focus on their Japanese markets with all this nonsense we just spoken about. <laughs> Did they say that they also got their retains? Yes, yes, they've got Good. Deus Ex. They've, they've sold that. 
but they have retained. Uh, so the overseas, they have retained for overseas studios. Uh, they will continue to publish the Just Cause series, Outriders, and Life is Strange. Well, yeah, that makes sense because Just Cause was with um, the Avalanche Studios, which I don't think was part of the sale. Um, yeah. They were also, well, they're, they're busy making the new Harry Potter game. What other ones was there as well? It's Sorry. good to see that they're keeping Life is Strange because they've always done really well with that IP, in my opinion. Should we move on to something else? Yeah, we move on. Uh, should we talk a little bit about uh, Activision again, shall we? Uh, is it good news? <laughs> Not really. Uh, um, is it ever with Activision? <laughs> One day there'll it's, be good news from Activision. Yeah, it's, it's never. We're just waiting for that day. <laughs> Eventually, once the uh, once. Um, so, uh, with Activision, the latest is that the uh, monthly active users for Act- uh, Activision games have fell by a third over the past 12 months. Um, so, from March 2021, uh, apparently Activision had around 150 million active players monthly across their games, which probably just means throughout the core GMs probably um because this is the, this is separate from blizzard this is yeah. purely just activision so around 150 million by march 2021 uh same time this year in 22 they had 100 million which is a third less than what they had um activision has acknowledged the fact that college revenues have been down year year on year Strangely, they've, they've blamed this on the poor sales for Vanguard compared to Black Ops Cold War, which I'm like, okay. Like, but apparently a, a lot of blame was that it was because of its setting. Yes. It's like, yeah, I think sure. it's more than probably just the setting. It's them trying to save face. Uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's also been lower engagement on um, Call of Duty Warzone as well, um, whether that's been due to a very delayed response on how to deal with cheers, which they seem to have sort of caught a fix on now with their new ricochet um, system. Um, yeah, is, that, is that the one where they've now they started cloaking players? Yeah, they've done quite a few things with it. So I think, firstly, what they did was um, they made it that if they ever detect someone who was using cheats, their bullet damage would be, like, bare minimum. Like, mm. they, won't, they barely do any damage to players. Then they started, I, I saw like a compilation of people who were like surprised of, of like why the cheats weren't working in Warzone, which is quite funny. I think there was another one where his like controller stopped working, which is quite funny. Um, and then, yeah, I think the, the latest thing they're doing currently is that if you detect that you're cheating, um, every player to that person that isn't cheating is playing normally by the rules um is suddenly disappeared so they can't actually see the players to shoot at they're just <laughs> it's really can funny can all the other cheaters see each other <laughs> yeah i think they can like if they take say you're cheating then they'll, they'll if they see someone it's probably just end up a cheat <laughs> which would be quite funny just have um, cheater lobbies everywhere but all the yeah. normal people can see the cheaters though so everyone just yeah like, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah um it's really funny i've not i've not seen any highlights about this one um but, I mean, I think I think a lot of the reasons 
I would have thought to why people seem to be dropping off is all of the negative news that's come around from Activision. You thought, well, never, never good news. You know, it doesn't pour, but it never rains, but it pours. Sorry, that's the that's the saying <laughs> for Activision. How about the is it something like the city of New York has tried like tried to sue Activision now? I can't remember the entire Oh, oh yeah, I've, I've heard about this. I think it's, it's all to do with them essentially using this acquisition as a way of to sort of, I suppose, sweep under the rug all these accusations and whatnot. Yeah. And they've so come they've, out and just sued them for it. Yeah, I think they're trying to go after Bobby Kotick. Good. So they should. <laughs> right, got some uh, PlayStation news. So for Bush Square. This is this is a freshly hired engineer at PlayStation has revealed the existence of a game preservation division. So Garrett Fredley took to social media to announce his new role, making mention of his new department at the platform holder. Today is my first day as a senior build engineer for PlayStation, working as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team. Uh, he explains that preserving games was his initial passion and that he's glad to be moving to this role, having gained experience elsewhere. Let's go and ensure our industry's history isn't forgotten. And of course, because they've got this new PS Plus, people are thinking, oh, is it going to factor into that? But we don't actually know whether it's for restoring all games to run on PS5 and PS4, or whether it's like recovering code and assets and things like that, like storing them. Mm. What do you think? I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes up, to be quite honest, because I I know what modern gaming is like now at the moment. Yeah, I think... I think this coming out, everyone's going to think it's going to be like the utopia. We'll have access yeah. to every PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PSP, PS Vita. Um, yeah. Everything that we could ever want. But in reality, that's probably not going to be the case. But yeah. I mean, it's good to see that they are looking back and they are trying to preserve the games. Um, it's a lot better than Nintendo have been doing recently. In them shutting their old stores down in the virtual consoles and whatnot. So, yeah. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, is it? But I think we just need mm. to see what happens with that. Because I'm not expecting great things. In, yeah. the, well, in the short term, put it that way. Uh, but following on from that, it appears PlayStation is also looking to hire an acquisitions manager. And a quote from the job advert is responsible for identifying inorganic growth opportunities through acquisitions, investments, or joint venture. Wasn't there a rumour that maybe they were going after Square Enix? Could do. I could, I could certainly I see I wouldn't be excited about that. <laughs> One day I'll get you to play Final Fantasy. <laughs> well, back in the day, I tried Final Fantasy VII, and I wasn't keen. Oh, you could try the new one now. It was free. I, I did claim it. I did claim it. So maybe one day. Who knows? I think he'll play Fortnite before that happens, which is never. I think I'd rather play Final Fantasy before. <laughs> see, see, I've got, I've got, I've got a chance. I've got a chance. marginally, marginally. <laughs> but I marginally got a chance. What do we think about the um, FIFA 22 crossplay? Well, we've got to get in clubs on there. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Do that first, and then, and then I might be excited. So yeah, for people who don't know, uh, FIFA has now in- introduced they're doing a test for crossplay between different platforms. Yeah, I was I was intrigued that they had Stadia on the list. So 
the testing cross-play for PS5, Xbox Series X and S and Stadia. So I might have to dust the old Stadia off and <laughs> see mm. if I can play the, on that. 15 people still on it. Mm. Oh, that's a bit generous. Well, yeah, the yeah. Xbox One, PS4 and PC players have been left out, unfortunately. So, Because I'd have been interested to see PS4 people come on as well because it'd help us if they did implement that on clubs because we'd get a lot more games, hopefully. Yeah, the, our problems tend to be with cup matches, doesn't it? Is that we never get a cup match ever, mm. or if we do, we'll get like the first two rounds. Mm. We'll win. The game will say, "Nah, you've not, you've not won that game." Put us back to the previous round, and then we won't find a game. That's kind of how cup matches go. That works. And that's why we've never won a cup. And then when yeah. we do get to a final, we bottle it. These are PS, yeah. These are PS4. <laughs> we won quite a few cups, didn't we? We did really well in the yeah. cups. I think there was only like one or two that we never got. I think I'm trying but in this one, since we switched to PS5, it's just like, no, you're not having a cup ever. I think we never won the King of the Hill Cup. From... No, we never won the, was oh. the Year Cup as well. Yeah, like... the normal cups. Well, no, was it, or was it the Survival one? It might have been the Survival one. Good it might have been more than two that we didn't miss. <laughs> I think all in all, I think the news is good, though, that they actually look... It's oh. needed. I mean, this. I think this all ties into the whole thing where... FIFA 22 has just gone on PS Plus. Mm. It's also gone on Game Pass as well. Yeah. Well, I think there's, uh, I think there's surmising this is actually one of the reasons why they've put them on there to sort of test out this crossplay, haven't they? Yeah. Just to so, open the, the gateway. Yeah. Well, why not? I went and traded my PS5 version of FIFA yesterday. How oh, did took, you? Took it to CX. Yeah. Got How a £20 voucher. I'm surprised you got that much for it. Well, I, I tried to take it last weekend, and they said it was too scratched. There was like literally <laughs> one scratch well, on it. I mean, I'm sure I've bought worse games from UCX. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I'm fair, there's loads of scratches on the disc you would get from that. So I ended up cleaning it with a cloth. I took it into town yesterday because I was going out, and um, I ended up getting 20 for it. So lost lost about £3, but hey-ho. Still, it's not bad. Too scratchy, just took it out of case and just spat on it. <laughs> I say it always works. Yeah. It'll buff out. Right, do you want some, do you want some stats? So give you some stats. Ooh, stats. Game stats. stats. Oh, getting some stats. Yeah, so um, this is from newzoo.com and uh, they are video game market data analysts. Oh. Okay. And I won't go through the whole report, but there's just some interesting findings throughout it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so global video game revenue this year will apparently reach $203.1 billion by consumer spending, which is a 5.4% increase year on year, which is a new record. Global player numbers are estimated to reach 3.09 billion players by the end of the year, which is, yet again, another record. Uh, perhaps less surprising, uh, the US is the largest market in terms of revenues by consumer spending, uh, equating to $50.5 billion, with China a close second at $50.2 billion. Uh, but the US overtook China, and it's believed the reasoning behind this is that the Chinese government has been recently cracking down on gaming in China. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, yeah. Uh, Asia Pacific still remains the biggest region by revenues by quite a large margin. Uh, and this gets a bit I don't really care about. Mobile game revenues will pass the $100 billion mark for the first time in 2022, going 5.1% year on year to $203.5 billion. But then we get on to console games. 
So despite ongoing supply chain constraints, console games will generate $59.9 billion in 2022, growing 8.4% year on year. This is worth once more for you, Matt. PC game reviews will grow slightly than console, but will still show a point a 1.9% increase to 41.41 billion. 41 billion. Why why have I put 40, why have I put a point zero? Anyway. 41 point billion. <laughs> Interesting wording for this one. It says downloaded and boxed PC. Anybody ever buy a box PC game anymore? I don't know. They still exist. Uh, they will grow 3.2% year on year to 38.7 billion. But finally, the final stat is believed that the games market will continue to grow in the following years, reaching in 2024 $222.6 billion. So, yeah, that's the forecast for gaming revenues. So basically, all we need to know is it's going up. Yeah. Things are going up. That's about it. On on the face of it, it does seem surprising that China would be second, but it is taking into account like mobile gaming, and that's like the vast majority. Well, yeah, China 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 was the first, but US overtook it. I don't know what the Chinese government are doing in terms of their gaming, but no time like for silly hobbies. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing as well you got to think with China is that it, you do seem to find that any sort of new live surface games that need beta testing do tend to appear in China market, Chinese market first. Mm. They, they do have quite a few exclusive games that sometimes don't we don't get to see over here in um, in the West. So like you got stuff like um, what is it? They've got like an ex- I think they've got their own sort of PUBG game over there. I'm not sure. Uh, well, well, knockoff version. Well, no, I think the so do you know they they made the um, the new state version. It was like it was the pub it was a new PUBG game, more set futuristic kind of stuff. Um, I think right. that was first tested in China, I think, and then into the West. But there's there's a lot of other stuff like I know quite a few of the Japanese sort of mobile games get tested over there like got um, one example the, the there's a Digimon game that I follow that's currently only exclusively in China for some reason not even in, in Japan but I would love to see it come over here mobile wise so we're sort of keeping it towards um, mobile and live service games um fortnite oh chestnut um i think we've talked before in the past um their i suppose troubled history with apple and uh Mm. getting their app banned from ios so you can't actually play fortnite on apple devices Um, well epic being the sneaky buggers that they are have actually found a way to put fortnite on iOS without actually going through Apple. Um, so the Xbox Cloud Gaming service, um, which you can play on Windows PC, Android devices, iOS devices, and all that stuff, um, have got Fortnite onto their, um, their subscription now. Mm. So you can actually now stream playing Fortnite um, on iOS if you wanted to. Just to rub it into Apple's faces. I mean, I don't know. Is this an actual loophole? I don't know. Or are they well, flouting the rules? I don't know. 
Well, yeah, th- th- this this is what I was I was thinking. Like, is is Apple going to be like, no, this is a bit <laughs> sus. Yeah. Let's not show it. Um, because like you, so you actually don't need a subscription to actually play it either. You could literally just put Xbox Live Cloud app on your phone. Yeah. And just happily play Fortnite if you wanted to. So, um, it's a bit like. It's questionable. Mm. It's questionable, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I can see what they've done. And I think, I mean, I think Fortnite was eventually going to be on Xbox Cloud Gaming. But can can Apple do anything about this? I don't think so. I feel like they can't, can they? Because it's technically on uh, a a different app. It's not through them. It's through Microsoft. It's but, all I'm going to say. It's a bit of a minefield. It is, yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's a bit of a cluster F. But I mean, if if you want to play Fortnite on your Apple devices, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, get it while you can before it all kicks off. <laughs> yeah. Before Apple get a wind of what's happening. Actually, I'll give you a couple of announcements. Ooh. So you know we recently had the uh, the news that unfortunately E3 is not happening. Mm. Uh, no physical or digital event. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, a few people have come out and actually announced shows that would fill that gap. Yeah. So Xbox and Bethesda have announced they're going to have a showcase. And that's going to take place on Sunday, June the 12th. And that will be at 10 a.m. Pacific time, which will be 6 p.m. UK time. And this will feature amazing titles coming from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda and our partners around the world. Um, anything you want to guys want to see from that in particular? Anything? Just, just before we go into what we want to see, one thing I did notice is that you can watch it on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and TikTok. So I'm going to be watching that on TikTok, I think. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I'd like to see if they've actually done anything with that perfect dark. Yeah. Because it's been, it's been a while. And there's been some troubled things that's happened <laughs> that we know about. So, um, I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see more about this Indiana Jones game. Ooh, I might say something on that. Yeah, I, I want to see more of more Starfield. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, would like to see more on Starfield. What is that actually all about? And above all else, there is one game that we do need out of this showcase. Next Forza. Nope, another Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, they've already mentioned six, seven there at some point, so I think we've still got quite a few years to go before. Skyrim, Smart Fridge. Yeah, that's it. It's going. It's going. Believe it's it. it's Sky, going. Skyrim on your Apple Watch. Well, if Apple will let you. I'm sure they would. But there was another announcement. So it was announced that Summer Games Fest is released. Oh, uh, what a surprise. So Jeff Keighley and all that. So this will t- take place on Thursday the 9th of June. So a few days before that um, next bus one. Uh, and this will take place at 11am Pacific time, 2pm Eastern time, and again for us, 6pm GMT. But, this is interesting, they've teamed up with IMAX to bring this and the Game Awards to cinemas. Just say we've, we've got an IMAX here in Sheffield. Just, just say. I'd be interested in seeing that. Get in here. I think I could uh, get to Sydney World in, in enough time. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. 
He's, he's seriously on the up if he's managed to rope IMAX into it. I'll have to see. Keep an eye for some tickets and see if they do show it at our so, local city world. So what do you think he's going to show off? Is it going to be his big game? It's a big game. It's going to be a big shock. Uh, probably Kojima's next game. Mm, it's probably got to around that time, hasn't it? Where you might I, I feel, I feel like, yeah. And if something's going to be announced for Kojima, it's going to be. It's going it. to be through. Yeah, it's going to be through Jeff. Isn't it? Yeah, his best mate. Yeah. Um, Which I, I always find to be like a bit of a one-sided friendship. <laughs> one-sided, yeah. Jeff loves him, and I think Kojima's just like. Kojima's <laughs> just you? using him as like an advertisement board at this point. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> but yeah, do you think it might be a, a horror game or something? Because I know that's what he's been wanting to work on, isn't it? Well, that's what he's wanted to do. I don't know. I feel like a big shock would be somehow came back for Metal Gear. <laughs> It'd be interesting, but do we think Metal Gear's kind of like past its time now? It's done with? I mean, we had... I suppose. Survived, like, didn't we? Yeah, what else can you... Is a Metal Gear. But what else can you do? I think it's sort of reached the end of its life. Unless you just do like a full remaster of the first one. I mean, I know you had the um, Twin Snakes one and all that. But I mean, like a full next gen mm. original one. Just, yeah, just remake it, it'll be fine. Twin Snakes were on the GameCube, GameCube. wasn't it? So yeah, so. yeah. Either that or just do a, a retelling of the very first game. Yeah. So yeah, two two events. Probably more to be announced. Fingers crossed. Should we, should we talk about something a bit a bit royally? Bit royally. Bit royally. Yeah. Love a bit of royally. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, I think over here uh, in the UK, we have a, I want to say like a annual event every, every summer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's called the, the, is it just like the prom or something it's like the that? BBC sorry. prom. The BBC, BBC prom. prom, sorry. Um, so basically, it's, it's held in the Royal Albert Hall, and it's typically used to, I suppose, put on proms of like classic music and whatnot. Um, I like proms. I like proms. I, 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 I don't think I've actually watched one. Um, I was watching a few. Although that might change. Uh, mm. That might change this year because uh, BBC have come out and announced they will include video game music as part of its iconic proms for the first time. Um, so, I think they've announced that Prom 21 is the one it will be. It will take place on August 1st. And it's been titled Gaming Prom from 8-Bit to Infinity. So, uh, it's going to be performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. I may have Philharmonic. said that. Yep. Philharmonic. Philharmonic. Uh, I assumed I said that wrong. <laughs> Philharmonic. I, just, I read it as it said. Uh, it's apparently going to be conducted by Robert Ames. Is the last name? Yep. Um, apparently, he's previously done uh, proms on pioneers of sound and sci-fi film music. So, um, so the pieces that have been confirmed so far for that prom is going to be excerpts from Shadow of the Colossus, which apparently is going to last eight minutes, Kingdom Hearts, uh, which is going to be four minutes. Uh, we've got one song from Dear Esther, which is called I've Gone My Sense, which is going to last four minutes. And probably the least expecting thing I would see on this list, funnily enough, yeah. is going to be a suit of songs from 
Sweet. Battlefield, sorry, sweet. <laughs> I failed English. Uh, <laughs> sweet of songs from Battlefield. Yeah. Um, well, now that which, one will go down. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do think Battlefield does have some, some pretty it decent pop- music. To be honest, it might be one of the few things good in it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's got some theme songs. I don't know um, Hilda Goodadotter, who did the uh, score part of the score for that. She's done um, movie scores before, and she's actually pretty good. So I won't oh, be surprised yeah. if it is. But um, more will be announced. They're the only things that have been Yeah, so those have been the... It will yeah. take place Monday the 1st of August. Yeah. Uh, but it will be broadcast on BBC4 on Friday the 5th of August. Okay. So keep an eye out for that. Tickets for it as well for the show is going on sale on May the 21st at 9am. So if you did want to go to it, that's the day that you need to bookmark. I'm actually interested to see what, what they actually do for this. When the when the Wii was that came out, Nintendo Wii, I should mm. say, um, there was a, a one-of-a-kind golden version that was made. I don't um, remember this. You're not? Yeah. So it was actually given. Um, well, it was it was supposedly made for the Queen. So is it? Let me get this straight. It's it's just a plastic. No, no, one it's a, painted gold. It's a twenty-four or... karat gold Nintendo Wii. Seriously? Yeah. Okay. Apparently so. Carry on. Uh, so it was created by THQ as a stunt. So she launched a um, sort of a, a collection of mini games. Um, it was called Big Family Games, apparently. <laughs> um, so well, they actually tried family, to yeah. actually send it to the Queen, but whether it actually reached them, I'm not sure. Well, I heard that the Queen denied the console and returned it. Oh wow! But you, you can it's imagine. More of a PlayStation person. <laughs> yeah, it must be. No, she's all about Xbox. I bet she's like smashing yeah. people on Halo. Anything <laughs> about this queen? Um, but yes, yeah, so now it's actually been listed or listed for auction on the site's Golden. And at the moment, the bidding stands at two k pounds. So if you want one, and if you got the money for it, it is one of a kind. So well. That that's gone down quite a lot in price because it was listed in April 2021 uh, for three hundred thousand dollars, and it finished and somebody purchased it, but they never went through with the sale. So now they've they've put it up for auction again. So okay, yeah, we'll see if we'll see if they sell it and see how much they sell it for. Mm. But I can just imagine um, Lizzie playing Wii Sports, a bit of tennis. Sure. Yeah. Go and get ready for uh, Wimbledon. I mean, that's, that's why she's lasted so long. All the exercise from it. <laughs> yeah, that's well, it. <laughs> Doing a yoga on the Wii Fit board. Well, it very much matches her through. I'm just looking at an image of it now. Honestly, to be fair, it actually does look quite nice. You'd think they'd have sent her a copy of GoldenEye or something with it. <laughs> I bet you can't get more British, can you? So. <laughs> You thought that'd be the reason why they would make it, not for this. Just have like Piers Brosnan go and deliver it to her or something. That's how she should have um, opened up London in 2012. Should have been missioned to like get the golden Wii back from <laughs> Vandals. I mean, to be honest, the family game does look crap. 
So I'm not surprised she sent it back. Yeah, I've just been like, you know what? I'll, I'll keep a console, but you can have a game back. I'm not really that bothered. <laughs> she opened up and just went, "What is this tat? I've no, got enough gold." More like, "What is this tat?" Excellent impression there, they. Yeah, that's my queen impression. I just have the queen sounds. Not, not the singer. Yep. <laughs> yeah, not Freddie Mercury. <laughs> but shall we continue with the uh, expensive things? Oh, okay. So we turn to um, Square Enix. So there's been a Final Fantasy VI statue. Have you guys heard about this? I'm vaguely remembering. Right, stuff. so this is from your gamer. So Final Fantasy creator Hironobu Sakaguchi has called out Square Enix for the price of a new statue from Final Fantasy VI. The 1-6 scale figurine is part of its Masterline series. And it features Final Fantasy VI character Terror Riding Magitek. I don't know if I'm. I don't know. I, I don't I, know. I think you've said that. Is right. that right? Magitek armor. Any guesses how much this statue costs to buy? Two hundred pounds. Nope. It's in the thousands. Two thousand. I'm trying to remember. Was this something like sixteen thousand pounds? No. It's. Between twelve and thirteen thousand dollars. Oh, right. oh, it's a little bit less than. <laughs> Sakaguchi responded on Twitter saying, "Isn't this a bit much? Are you okay, Square Enix?" <laughs> according, to, according to several translations shared by Kotaku, uh, the statue has been created with supervision from legendary Final Fantasy artist Yoshitaka Amano. Uh, the sheer existence of it and the presence that it commands is very impressive," he said in a promotional video. It's as if a fictional world has become a reality. You'll understand exactly what I'm saying once you see it in person. I hope you have the chance to do it one day. Um, not a chance of that price, is it? I, mean, well, I don't know, yeah. Let me borrow $13,000 and maybe I will see <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll just check that back at Sofa. It's fine. Yeah. But it's uh, limited to 600 pieces. So if you want one, get in there quick if you've got 12, 13 grand to chuck away. It does look like an impressive statue, though. But it's just I say, I've, I've seen a of it, like detail and it does look really good. Yeah. Like, fair play, but I don't know if it's worth that much. Yeah, yeah. No, bit, bit garish. Did anyone see the um, interview that Steve Austin did with Cody Rhodes? It's kind of <laughs> yeah. I heard about it. Uh, on Twitter. I, I, I started watching it. I'm not, I'm not got to that part yet, but I've seen the part you were talking about on Twitter, where he's like, he's doing a. A like series a of questions fire. that is, yeah. Quick, yeah, quick fire questions in 30 seconds. I think, like, it might have been, like, the second or third question he asked. It was, like, uh, best Zelda game. And Cody gave the answer of Ocarina of Time. Uh, and then Austin was, like, uh, what was nah, it? Bad. Nah, bad. Nah, nah, no, nah, the wild. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, Cody was, like, ooh, bold choice. That, that was pretty good. Like, Cody is, like, a, a well-known, massive Zelda fan. Like, when he first got into wrestling, he had, like, the Triforce, like, on his boots. Mm. So, and he's always done little references to her in there. Like, I think once once he came out in AEW, one of his entrances, he was dressed as um, Snake from Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah, I thought it was quite I funny. Never, I never saw that. You never saw that? Oh, I don't remember it. I might have. I just love... Um... Steve's arrogance, like, no, you're wrong. It's Breath of the Wild, <laughs> yeah. like, and I'm no, this, you idiot. <laughs> well, Nathan, that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Oh, so. Yeah, that's it. So, there's going to be a, um, a book release coming out in the near future. So, 
the old COO of Nintendo America, Reggie Filzerme, um, is releasing a book on the 12th of May. So it's going to be titled Disrupting the Game from the Bronx to the Top of Nintendo. Um, so it'll go through kind of where he started um, in his career and then him joining Nintendo and his 14 years at Nintendo because I didn't realise he was there for as long as he was because he was working in the background as like a VP and then it came to prominence a few years later. Mm. Um, and then he was there from the DS all the way until the Switch's conception. So he was there for a good few console cycles. So I think that'll be a that'll be a good read and one that I think I'll be picking up. Um, so it's available on Amazon for fifteen ninety nine. So no, not a bad price, I don't think. But I think it might be interesting just to see kind of what his thoughts are. I, I I've seen recently as well. I think I think he did. I don't know who he did an, an interview with or something. Or maybe this might be from his books. But he, he does have some interesting opinions on on some stuff. That I've seen. Uh, <laughs> what was it? There, there was one about. So he's in. Fa- he's apparently in favour of blockchain stuff. And uh, he gave one example of like, he, he could see how NFTs could be incorporated in in Animal Crossing. <laughs> like, all about yeah. like how he, he'd, he'd want to be able to sell his island. And I was like, ooh. Well, I think, I think, I think you, might tar- yeah, you, might, you might be tarnishing your legacy here, Mr. Reggie. <laughs> Uh, there, was, there was some other stuff as well. Um, he didn't like the GBA Micro. Yeah, I heard about that. Apparently, it, it was more like the form idea. factor, wasn't it? Yeah. Not issue. Um, yeah. He didn't like Donkey Konga. I didn't like Donkey Konga either. I'm with Reggie on that one. Horrible. Horrible game. At this point, you're like Reggie Light, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's some other stuff that come out, but yeah, it's... Um... You, you can see the, the, I suppose, the businessman in him. I think he was very more that kind of figure um, that people kind of forget forget about that he still it was. He was more like he's still a businessman, but like, I mean, he was definitely a good sports person for Nintendo. Yeah, while he was there, he just definitely seemed to buy into stuff. like everything that they did. Like, he had like a, yeah. a DS in his pocket, using like the street pass and all that kind of stuff. I think it will come out that like he's done a lot more good for Nintendo. In terms of like PR and, and that image, than what he's currently doing at the moment. <laughs> yeah, because there, there was that um, infamous quote that he said. Um, I think he was like trying out the Wii Fit board and he said, like, my body is ready or something along those lines. That was quite oh, God. Stands on it, says, like, he's a beast. <laughs> <laughs> Your body's not ready. Right, I don't know, you're quite ready, Reggie. <laughs> I didn't realize how old he was. He's 61. I thought he was like in his mid 40s. Early fifties, but That's very good. looks young for his age. Yeah. yeah, been drinking that fountain of Nintendo youth. Now he's been using Wii Fit board. That's what's keeping him young. <laughs> yeah, keeps himself fit. There's announced Super Mario film has been delayed. Uh, it's now been delayed to the seventh of April, twenty twenty-three, in the US, and the twenty-eighth of April in Japan. No date that I saw for us peons. Yeah, they don't care about us. Yeah, yeah. we're not getting it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just not getting it. That's it. Um, I really don't know what to think about this film. I really, I, I need a trailer. I need something because like the voice cast is not giving me hope. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe they're redoing it all like they did with Sonic. 
Not even seeing it yet, and they're already doing it. <laughs> Don't like it. Do it again. We're doing like test audience, and that's that's his, all nose, his nose is too small. That's it's got no tash. That's what it is. It's probably got no tash. Yeah, that's probably the the big thing. It's not Italian. It's not Italian. Just a, a quick a quick few bits on Star Wars as well, because I think uh, Risk came out. Oh no, sorry, it's not Risk came out. It's been reported that the next Jedi Fallen Order game um, is going to be new gen only. So one made for previous gen. So uh, this has come from VentureBeat reporter Jeff Grubb on his premium giant bomb show, uh, Grubb Snacks. So it's come out and he said, Star Wars Jedi 2 is going to be new gen only, whereas PS5, Xbox Series X and S, and then, of course, PC. Uh, one of the reasons that they're going to be able to do that is because it's not coming out until 2023. This game is for sure now not coming out until 2023. So maybe it could have come out maybe towards the tail end of 2022, perhaps. Yeah. That's a very Star Wars thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> so according to him, Ian Respawn had previously been targeting a 22 release, but now won't happen. It's also claimed that EA will be dropping the Fallen Order name for the sequel and that the game will likely be shown in some form at Star Wars Celebration um, in May. Although... That's pretty much come and gone. I don't think we had any news from it. So there was also one other thing that actually came from I think it was the Jim, uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show, yeah, which is in the US. So they recently had Hugh McGregor on there, uh, who obviously plays Obi Wan Kenobi in the prequel series and the upcoming Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series that's out May twenty seventh, I think. Yeah, and I think he made some some sort of mention about um, he was really impressed with um, one of the leads there. So it was over the course of the interview, um, the actor praised director Deborah Cho or Chow. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I'm sure I butchered it either way. Um, for extensive Star Wars knowledge, in which he said was important because. All the storylines have to match up, and you can't have some facts in a video game that doesn't match up to the movie, which is potentially suggesting that the Obi-Wan series might have some sort of link to Fallen Order, particularly yeah. the sequel. Because it will have, obviously, we've got the Inquisitors in, in the series, which were introduced in... I think Rebels, the uh, animated series, but essentially this group of Jedi hunting Sith that um, Darth Vader essentially put together. Turned down all the Jedi. I think obviously the series for Obi-Wan is going to be focused on him living his life in Tatooine, keeping an eye on Luke, and perhaps trying to dodge said Inquisitors. I would be interested to see if it would have some sort of link to Fallen Order, because they sort of roughly match up timeline wise I think I think Fallen Order was set some time after Order 66 about yeah, it was. Yeah. 10 15 years roughly because you do you do see in flashbacks um I've already forgotten his name Cal Cal Kestis imagine if he box up in the series oh if he did that would be amazing I would I would, I would as actually the actor yeah well he can do can he um, do it 
Yeah, do it, Disney Plus, do it. Yeah, if if you if you if you really want to, I mean, they love the cameos in some of these series. Like you had um, the bounty hunter that was in Boba Fett. He was from the animated series. With that, and then Mandalorian was filled with so many cameos from all sorts of areas. So they could definitely do it. They could do if they really want to. They want to make everything feel linked, the whole universe and stuff. I'd be up for it. So. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, so in a recent post on Reddit, a user posted a picture of what appears to be uh, games that are available for pre-order in a German GameStop store. On the photo, you can see games such as Dragon Age 4, Wolverine, Forspoken, and God of War Ragnarok. But curiously, it also included one for Titanfall 3. Now, the user commented further on the situation, uh, citing, the employee told me it would probably release around four, but on the box it said no release date announced, so I don't know. I'm still not 100% sure if I was just being scammed out of a 10 euro down payment, but if others saw it too, there must be something. Mm. Now, apparently there's been multiple sightings of this in German game stops. Um, but who knows? It's I'd take it with a bit of salt, because it could be like a user might have just forged it just for a laugh on the internet um could be a way for gamestop to just try and get money from people or it could just be a mistake but it's an interesting thing i mean hmm. i hope it's true because time for two was great do they have the team big enough to be able to stretch themselves out like that because i mean what like what is it i mean we've got well respawn are currently working on the next star wars jedi game they've got Apex Legends that they're still updating all the time. Is this something else that maybe that's it? Maybe it's terrible. Regardless, sod the developers, work them to the bone and get that game out. So, uh, you know, Ghost of Tsushima. So, the, uh, the island of Tsushima itself, so the real place, uh, will be capitalizing on the success of Ghost of Tsushima by setting up a special souvenir shop. Uh, the game served as a gateway. So this is taken from PlayStationLifestyle.net. It says the game served as a gateway to the beauty of Japan for many players, and the Ghost of Real Tsushima collection will reward those that come to see the real thing with some exclusive merchandise. Starting on April 29th, uh, the Tsushima Local Promotion Association set up a permanent Ghost of Real Tsushima booth at the souvenir shop in the whew, uh, Japanese word uh, Ida Koro Tsushima building. That's nailed it. Yep. Which serves as the Locust to- <laughs> Tourist Information Centre. Uh, the products will be s- provided by MS Wise Gaming Culture Brand, Graft Gaming Line. Now, this just includes, like, you know, T-shirts, prints, bandanas, uh, socks, patches, things like that, hoodies. And you can also get a PS4 Slim skin and a PS4 Pro skin. And uh, a skin for your DualShock 4. Now, th- this was accompanied by a photograph, right? And it doesn't actually mention these in the wording. But just looking at the photo, it looks like there's also a scarf and scissors, as well as what looks like a knife and switchblades, <laughs> which is interesting. I mean, the scissors right. would be perfect for Matt because he loves carrying a pair of scissors around. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad you said he don't carry a switchblade around. But... <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, that's it's just a nice little thing. I'd like to go there now. Sushiba. I'm just looking into how much tickets are now. Oh yeah, dolphins on tour. Yeah, we can get there from seven hundred eighty pounds. Seven hundred eighty pounds—that's bargain. 
That'd be insane, like if they'd set up like a boat to get there that looked like the um the the like the Han style boat, so it looks like you're invading. And they just got fire arrows flying there. <laughs> it's all part of the experience. Yeah. You've got to work to get to this gift shop. You've actually got to fight samurais when you get, <laughs> you get to the beach. That's what the weapons are for. <laughs> get to the shop, get your switch blades and your scissors. <laughs> and that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yeah, no. No, let's do it. No, okay. Fine, we can just end the pod there. You want that? <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. Sorry. Uh, back to you. Do you want to start us off? Me? Me. Yeah, you. Me, okay. That sounded a bit sinister. <laughs> right. So... Not much new, new on mind. Pretty much just sort of the one new game and a couple of games that I've normally play, I suppose, that's had new content. So I, I suppose I'll start with the usual, uh, with College of Vanguard. Playing a little bit more of that. There is a new opera skin that they've introduced for the whole event that they've got going for Warzone. So as we talked about last time, in Warzone, they've got a new whole event that's called Operation Monarch, which has ties into the Godzilla vs. Kong film. And they've introduced the new opera skin, all based on Godzilla. So it's essentially just a guy in like a... The Gilly suit. suit. Gilly, Gilly suit. suit, that's it. Mine what I was trying to get. But it's got like a, a Godzilla theme to it, so some of the like, I suppose, kind of cape style to it. It's got like um glowing thin design on it. Right. <laughs> it's also got um I think it's based on the I think it's the Daniel Opera, so he's the one that wears it. You've got the Godzilla sort of mask as well, which looks kinda of cool, sort of glows glows up whenever you get a kill, I think. Um it introduces new um I suppose Mastercraft gun skin for the STG. Which is all based on sort of a, a Godzilla theme, where um, if you get kill, kills with it, the fins on it sort of glow, glow kind of blue, which is pretty cool. It also shoots out sort of atomic ray rounds as well, which is kind of cool. And uh, when if you kill someone with them, they kind of blow up in a in a kind of blue kind of glow, which is which is pretty nice. So yeah, I, I've been messing with that, my my bot skin. <laughs> But it's, it's like everyone's pretty much running around with it currently. Like um, there's a cool bit as well. There's there's two two other stuff with it. You get um, so you know how if you get behind someone, you can hold the melee button. You do sort of like a, an execution sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, there's a Godzilla theme one where the guy turns around and you like breathe the atomic breath in his face and you just stamp on him as he goes to the ground. Right. Very cool. <laughs> And then you've also got the sort of like the MVP highlights as well, where there's a, there's a Godzilla themed one where you know the so there's three people who can be the MVP and you fawn who who can be it and they normally have like a little animation with them. So there's a Godzilla one where there's like a tiny soldier like looks up at your character who's massive and he just like stomps on the little guy, which is quite funny. <laughs> 
so that's Call of Duty <laughs> at the moment. Um, I'm sure they'll be releasing the Kong variants and Mecha Godzilla at some point as well. I will eventually get around to playing the event as well, which I think starts May the 11th in Warzone. So I think probably next podcast I might talk about that if I get around to playing it. Another thing that I've been playing as normal has been Fortnite. So I've actually got my PC friends to get back into it because I told them there was zero build and they were very happy about that. So <laughs> it does seem, I, I I would like to see the stats of like the last couple of weeks since they've made zero build, like which version seems to be more popular. I do, I do wonder like if, if people have started to like come back to Fortnite because of zero building. Imagine um, if they got rid of the build version. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that's it. No more building for you. It was too complicated. <laughs> so I've gone into that, and since the May the 4th has kind of come and gone, they've added a Star Wars event because it's May the 4th. Be with you. Beware so, of Avenger the 5th, though. There is that. I was wired sort of somewhere with Return of the 6th as well because that'd be my birthday. So. Yeah, oh, you try and force mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should I'll have mentioned it. It's your birthday pub. It was my birthday pub, so. I didn't do a lot on my birthday, to be fair. Just relaxed and went to see Doctor Strange, but that's uh, off topic. So, yeah, so they, they've added a lot of the Star Wars stuff back in. So, lightsabers are back in. Um, stormtroopers at checkpoints are back in. Although you don't fight the stormtroopers this time around, you actually can get items from them and bounties which is pretty cool although you can fight them which i did once accidentally when i was trying to shoot someone and stormtrooper got in the way and then they all just ganged up on me and i died very quickly <laughs> stormtroopers they're supposed to miss you all the time supposedly supposedly they've been a bit too accurate in this one so not very not very low low accurate no. really yeah but they, you know they've introduced them back in which has made playing Fortnite very strange in a way because like so you so the lightsabers are pretty powerful if you get someone close up but if you don't get someone close up you can use it to block shots but if someone's got many guns and firing at you there's only so much you can block until you end up kind of going into like a, a block like guard break sort of thing so there's like a couple of seconds where you're just vulnerable and that's normally why I die so can I collect uh, a rocket? I don't know. I don't actually try. I'll have to give that a go next time. Uh, <laughs> or not, depending on if I want to live. So. But I've uh, been enjoying Fortnite again, really. Came and made sort of back into it and, and actually playing more than just solos. So that's been pretty cool. Another game that I've finally kind of gone back into, now that my mate's been properly set up at his new place, has been Sea of Thieves. Uh, so since the last time I actually properly played it, a new season was introduced, season six, with it, which brought... So towards the end of season five, there was this mysterious sort of poisonous gas that would start covering certain islands in the sea. Um, so like one of, one of the more popular outposts is like completely gone thanks to this gas. Um, and in the new season, they've started to introduce these... I want to call them like... Spanish forts where you can like um, get onto them, 
start fighting this like waves of ghosts until like the captain of the fort comes and you start fighting them you can get pretty decent loot out of it but they've also i, I don't think this is specifically for just season six but they've had what they what they call these adventures where they start having like proper quests in sea thieves now so we did one where you have to essentially hunt down four different megalodons and fight them you have to get like what's called the essence into these i suppose like statue like mini statues of them and then when you collect all four so long as there's you have to have five five of you for this so if most most that you can get in a game in one crew is four so you actually have to work with like another essentially like another group to do this but we got another group together once we got all four of these statues done start playing this song which summons this like i suppose big boss megalodon that i can describe and you end up having to fight it and it starts going in stages where you both just like fight the megalodon and at some point these like ghost ships come in you'll start fighting them as well they start getting pretty hectic and when we were doing it we you know we were getting we were doing all right and stuff but then at some point this random of a galleon came into it and actually started picking a fight with us so it's like we were to fight this other guy in and this Megalodon who started fighting them as well because the Megalodon didn't care who was around, just wanted to buy everyone. <laughs> and it was it was mental. It was absolutely mental. So I think eventually the Megalodon actually sunk the, the other guy in, <laughs> which was funny. But we, we ended up beating it anyway and got some pretty pretty decent rewards out of it. So that was good. I think they're going to be introducing like the next part of the adventure in a couple of weeks. So until then, I'm just sort of working on Again, the other companies sort of leveled up to level 50. Like I've got the Order of Souls buying it up to level 50. I think I'm like level 47 for the merchants and 44 for the gold hoarders. So I'm close. Eventually getting there. So like when you when you get to level 50 with all those, you unlock the pirate legend status. Like you become a pirate legend, you unlock this extra area in taverns where you can do missions for these legend pirates or whatnot so i'm just working to get that eventually and one of my mates has got it so just came through that really for uh for sea of thieves so do more of that and then the only other game that i've been playing which is a new one it's come out recently it's been nintendo switch sports mm. uh so this is a sequel to the wii sports selection of games so we had wii sports for the nintendo wii they had Wii Sports Resolve for the Wii U. And then made a new one for Switch. Really enjoying my time with actually. I've been struggling to like put it down to to the to maybe the decrement of my right elbow and arm. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's six sports in this one. So go from one by one. There's volleyball, uh, which you have to play with three others. You can play, I think you can play Switch Sports locally with other people. You can do some stuff single player. So you play against the computer. And then probably the main component of it is online. So you will play with other people online. So you can't play volleyball single player? Uh, no, it's, it's uh, so volleyball comes in doubles. So you have to play with another person, which might end up being like computer perhaps. No, I mean, can you play AI? 
Oh, uh, yeah, you can play against yeah. There is an offline component. I thought you were saying it was like exclusive, you must play with other people. I'm like, what? No. No, <laughs> no, no, you don't have to. No. I, I, I think the game is a little more bare bones offline. But there is special stuff they can do with the bowling. But I'll just go through the sports individually anyway. So we had volleyball, which is decent enough. You do a lot of sort of, you know, serving, keep up the ball. If you keep the ball going in a, in a sort of combo, the ball becomes more powerful. So the smash hits that you do become harder to return. Um, that's not too bad. You've got tennis, which is pretty much a like-for-like for was on the Wii Sports. Perhaps not maybe as accurate with the swings. I feel like I don't have as much control from where I'm aiming the ball, where I want it to go to. But it seems like like you play doubles on that um, either with by yourself, so you'd play both the back receiver and the front um, receiver, like who plays in front of the net, or you can have two different people, one plays front, one plays back. Um, I've had a couple of games online, but I've been like that. And if you're not coordinated, then you're quite easy to play against. <laughs> like the front person just wants to swing wherever the ball's coming, sometimes ends up accidentally like kipping it up for a smash shot for me so that's not too bad there is bowling which again is probably like for like from the the Wii Sports sorry variant I do like the online variant though because you play against 16 of us and you end up going in rounds so like first round you have to get into the top eight to move on to the next round then it's like top five it's top three, and then whoever's got like the highest score by the end of it wins, which is quite fun. It, it makes it a bit hectic if you if you don't get like a, a strike straight away, because then you're like, oh god. And you can see everyone's score as well while you're doing it, so it's just like it's a bit nerve-wracking. Yeah. But I've, I've I've won a couple of games, so. To me, it felt like they implemented that as like a more of like a battle royale bowling. Yeah, it does feel a bit battle royale-ish kind of, which is pretty cool actually. Uh, I do enjoy it. Um, I think there's also an off offline variant as well where there's special bowling where there's it, it turns the bowling alley into like a bit of like an obstacle course where you have to like get around certain things with the ball to get like take the pins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I've, I've not tried yet, but I've seen videos of it. It does look quite fun. So you've got stuff where like um, certain sections you have walls that go up and down that you have to like get over and there's like humps in the alley as well, dips and stuff. It looks crazy fun. bowling here. That's what yeah, doing. yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much that crazy ball. Uh, had something similar on the on the Wii version. Like I enjoyed the ones where you had to like knock about a hundred pins down. Um, they were. Oh, fun. I had much, Yeah, I, I don't know if they got some some like that, but I'd have to look properly to see if they got that. They've got one game which I forget what it's actually called, and I've not actually tried it outside of just sort of playing the computer. Um, but it's based based on sword fighting. I forgot what they actually call it. I'd have to. Chambra. Chambra, that's it. So a lot of that is basically making. So you hold the Wii remote with two hands, you're supposed to, and you use it kind of like in a way to like block or kind of sort of swing down. And the aim is just to knock your opponent off the platform, basically. That's probably the one that I've played the least amount, so I can't speak about it too much. I did play sort of a tutorial on how you do need to play it, so at, at some point I need to get around to really playing it. The fifth sport is football, 
so the best I can describe this is this is more this is less football and more kind of Nintendo's version of Rocket League. Um, it did seem that way with like the camera angles that they use. Yeah, because like a lot of it is you you can you can kick the ball up or you can you can kick it down or you can kick it in left or right directions or you can do like a, a dive in header, which just like propels your guy as though he's like a rocket. But the the ball is very floaty, and and you so you play sort of a four four v four situation, um, and you do have a sprint as well, but you've got a limited amount of stamina to use on that until you let it build up. And it's not too bad actually. You can also um, if you hold the right the R button, when you kick the ball, it goes to like the closest teammate. So you can like direct it to a teammate, or you can just freely kick it how you want to. That's not been too bad. You do have to work as a team. You can't really solo it. Like it is very much kind of one person is being goalkeeper, the others position themselves where they need to be, sort of thing. But it's not bad actually. I do enjoy that one. Um, and the last sport, which has probably been the sport I've played the most and and, and probably enjoy the most, has been badminton. So that one, I feel more in control of where I'm actually hitting the shortcock with it. So you've got three different ways of being able to hit it. You can hit up sort of in the air, which is sort of a normal shot. Then you can smash the shortcock, as long as it's in the air and stuff. Or if you hold the R button, you can do what's called a drop shot. And that one I probably enjoy the most just because in real life, that's probably the sport that I've played the most is badminton. So it really feels it feels quite authentic in a way in how it how it plays and stuff. So your your character moves by itself is very much similar to tennis, whether on the sort of it also goes to where the shortcut will be. And a lot of it's just kind of, you know, mixing up your shots, when to play the right shot, how to then to try and I suppose force your opponent far back so that when you do a drop shot, it, they won't be able to get back to it. If you do hit the shortcut a little early or a little late, you do kind of like what's called like a wobbly shot. So it sends like the short cock up to essentially give give the opponent a way to do like a, a, a better version of a smash up basically, which is much harder to return. But it can be returned, you can return it, but it ends up probably going miles back to the court. But I've really enjoyed that more. I've probably put that the most and probably where most of my damage from my right elbows come from. So. But there is as well. So when you do play online, I think there's a point where if you play a certain sport for about an hour total time, you do end up going into a ranked version of it. So you do start getting ranks for it. So you end up starting in E and you work your way up through to, I think it's A+. So you can start playing you know, better players. But you can also, there's, there's an option in the send as well. If you don't want to play the ranked version, you can turn that off. So you, you don't have to worry about your rank and stuff. I've been doing a lot, a lot of that with Batman. So I think at the moment for Batman, I'm probably ranked C, which isn't too bad. You know, I'm, I'm trying my way up to, to A if I can, but it's getting a bit difficult. Not going to lie that I've lost quite a few games. So... <laughs> And then I think with tennis, I think I'm just on E. Um, not too bad on tennis. And then volleyball, I think I'm E as well. So, but I'm really enjoying my time of it. Really, really do like it. I think it's as as an online experience, it's probably been Nintendo's best online offering. 
quite easily. So there's 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 me. There's there's me done. So go with you, Mark. What have you been playing? Okay. So me and my brother, we uh, found a new game to play. So back in August, I think it was, I played the beta for this game, and that's uh, Riders Republic. I think I said at the time that I would. I liked it, but I'll probably buy it, but not at full price. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Uh, I bought it on a sale, and I just started playing it. Uh, so Now, if anyone's played Ubisoft's other winter sports game, which is um, steep, you'll probably know what sort of thing to expect from this. So it's a multi-sports, uh, extreme sport game, and you progress through different careers uh, with different sports. So the characters it introduces you to to teach you the ropes at the start are as annoying as I remember them from the beta. Yeah, they're just <laughs> overbearing. It's because they talk like they, they talk like you're like you're you're the next big thing in, and you're the new king of extreme sports. Even though by that point you've done absolutely nothing to warrant that title at all. So you do a series of races, and then eventually the world opens up to you. So you start with cycling, do downhill races, and completing them rewards you with cash and stars. And stars are like the main source of progression for your character. So it's these that help unlock other sports. The more stars you get, the more the other sports you'll unlock, the more races open up. Now, I don't know how many there is in total, but there's sports that include like skiing, snowboarding, uh, rocket wingsuiting. Wingsuiting? Is that it? I don't know. Rocket, rocket, what's it called? Rocket, I don't know. Rocket wingy. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Power motoring <laughs> as well. And uh, you've got a snowmobile as well, which is pleasant to ride around on. Um, so you have this big open world. It's set in like a US national park. Uh, there's different terrains. So forest, desert, snow, etc. Go wherever you want. And this race is dotted around. And obviously you earn stars from these. Um, there's a central hub called Divider's Ridge. And that's where you find things like the store, your train, do your social stuff and that kind of thing. It's all a big social thing. That's what the game is. I mean, that's what Steve was. It's just, mm, yeah. they just chuck a load of people into a massive environment, go play. That's basically what it is. Um, so one of, the, one of the big events that they have is a thing called the Mass Race. Now, I did do these in the beta. Uh, mm. So in this, it puts you and 63 other players into one race. And you're thrown together and it's competing against it in a number of different uh, sporting disciplines. So you might start with cycling in the race and then like you'll jump in the air and you'll become like a rocket suitor. Mm. And then you'll come and land and you'll be on skis or something. Now, I had some server issues with that in the beta, but they seem to be fixed on this. I never had any issues because there, there were moments where I'd spawn at the top of the race and then everyone else just suddenly disappeared. And I was just on, so lonely on my own. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but those those races are utter chaos. Because there's just everyone's colliding. Colliding, yeah. Yeah, the collision <laughs> is mental. So it's just like this mass of humanity. You just end up flying into trees, into barriers because you can't see where you're going. You just follow everyone, ex- hoping they're going the right direction, and then inevitably, a lot of people aren't. And I'm always following. <laughs> the, I'm always following the wrong people. Wrong, yeah. Yeah. So you're in, so you're in cash in your races, and these can be used to buy. You know, outfits, things like that. And stuff to customise your character. Uh, the economy, you'll probably be unsurprised to learn, is uh, not great. And <laughs> things are far too expensive for what they are. Um, 
of course, they're there to push the microtransactions because Ubisoft. Not come across any graphical issues either, because on the beta, um, I think I remember telling you about where there's a moment where I was sinking through the road. And I started, oh, yeah. Yeah, I started bouncing back up and down again. It was very bizarre. I've not come across anything quite like that, down to the depths of hell. Um, but I might try and seek that road out again, see, see if that being fixed. Uh, but no, I'm, it's it's fun, It's but it's it's a social game, you know. I'd, it's not something I'd play alone. Or mm. as I say, full price, but it's it's interesting to just go on and mess about with someone. But yeah, the only other thing I've jumped onto is uh, well, it's Ubisoft again. But um, it's a game I've not played in a long, 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 long time, and that is Rainbow Six Siege. Mm. Now, I've said before that I found it a bit clunky the way it plays and yeah, the engine I find a bit slow. But there was a free PS5 upgrade uh, that came out a while ago. And now I've got my uh, my other internal hard drive thing, Bob. I thought, right, I'll reinstall it, you know. I've got the space for it now. I'll give it a try. So I went on the training ground a bit. Because I'm not going to jump into multiplayer because I'm not psychotic. Because uh, I'll get my ass handed to me. But yeah, I jumped into the training grounds. And it put me on a game. And it randomly puts me into a map with an objective. Mm. It put me on the Hereford base map. I don't know if either of you know it, but um, and in the game was the, the game mode was elimination. So my aim was to infiltrate this building and eliminate 22 enemies. Okay, which sounded daunting, I have to say, but it's better than those protect the hostage ones, which I absolutely can't stand, and they always end up going pear shaped. But I remember, yeah, I remember this game being pretty brutal and unforgiving. Anybody who's played it probably knows. Especially if you're doing it like, if you're lone wolf in it, like I was, like trying to do it yourself. It's not a cakewalk. I mean, you can't charge in like a Call of Duty or you'll be dead before you know it. So I started off outside this building, right? And it's chucking it down with rain. And I was like, I'm going to be clinical and professional about this. So on Call of Duty, I have my triggers flipped. So, of course, the first thing I did was, like an absolute burk, was accidentally throw a frag grenade. <laughs> because that's what L1 is. So L1 for me usually would be aim. But then, yeah. So I did that. Um, thankfully, I didn't alert anyone. Because I was still at the very beginning. But you live and learn. But I insisted, I, I, I insisted never walking or running. I just creeped around. <laughs> and I, rec- I remembered you could repel up buildings, right? So I went up to the building, threw the hook up. And I couldn't decipher what the symbols on screen that came up with. So I threw the hook up, pulled it back down, threw it up, pulled it back down, threw it back up, pulled it back down. I don't know why I did that three times. But I, I don't know why I did it expecting different results, but there you go. I figured it out, got on top of this awning thing, and then tried to climb up to the roof. So I thought, right, I'm going to be really sneaky and clever, and I'm going to try and find a way through the roof into the building find the terrorists there's no way to get into the building from the roof so that failed so <laughs> so i had to repel back down the building and then i found myself i was upside down which i wasn't didn't remember was a thing and then i heard the enemies inside shouting about i thought oh no they heard me they're just gonna shoot through the window there but so i quickly made my descent to the ground got back i had to walk around the building and i found a ladder going into the basement so here we are going into the lion's den 
Uh, now you have this little robot thing. I mean, if you play, you probably know what I'm talking about. You have this robot that you throw down, and you can send it around to spy on people where they are. Mm. So I chucked it in, uh, sent it wandering, and it went under a door, and I went through a series of rooms, and I found an enemy, and I'm like, right, you swipe. I'm, I'm coming for you. So before I had the chance, uh, he saw me, a robot. Uh, so I just started liking it with the robot. And then he starts chasing it, of course. So I'm running around like this box in the middle of the room with this robot, and he's just running around with, with me. So it was like it was like a Benny Hill sketch, you know. Was, <laughs> uh, but he managed to destroy my robot. Uh, but I thought, oh, right, no. okay, I'm just going to have to go in there, just try and kill him myself. Um, so I start sneaking around, and knowing that there's actually 22 enemies in there, trying all gunning for you, I forgot just how tense the game can actually feel. <laughs> It's generally quite nerve-wracking. I mean, one room, one wrong move, and it like, could be curtains for you. I found myself, as I was playing it, I, was, I, was, I actually found myself talking to myself as I was playing it, which was weird. <laughs> Just like, check your corners, Mark. You know, watch for tripwires, Mark. Let's put the breach <laughs> charge on that door, Mark. I went really sneaky about it. It's like every door I went through, I used the, the um, I like peaks around the corner. They have this peak mechanism where you can turn your gun sideways and I think the idea is that you're not exposing your body if there's an enemy around the corner things mm. like that so I was doing that around every corner like be really slow about it uh, so slow and steady uh, it wasn't pretty but you know what I only went and did it 22 enemies slain SAS Master Barkia reigns supreme impressive yeah well, well to be honest I don't think I've ever completed a level successfully before on my own so I'll take that as a victory. Fair enough. Well, in terms of how it plays, I think it plays better than it certainly did on the PS4 version. It might have been the frame rate. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit. Maybe that was just what improved it a lot. But yeah. it felt pretty decent to play. Mm. I'd quite like to have a team game on it. I think maybe we um, should jump on. I think we've got it, haven't we? So because we played it, I think we went through a phase of playing it at one point. Yeah, we did. I think when the first time it went on sale, we did. But, you know, it's, it's 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 all right. But I still don't trust myself playing against other people. It's just the just the ex- I, I just know I just be wrecked instantly. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just walk straight through a doorway. I'll probably blow myself up on a tripwire or something. Or my head That'd be my trick, sh- actually, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll just run straight in there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, no, okay, I'll, I'll just shot through the window or something. I don't know. But, no, it's, it, was, it was all right. It was all right. Maybe I'll try it again. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. So, Nathan, what yeah. are you doing? I've, well, I'll go, firstly, I'll just show you something that I've bought. You probably already know what I'm going to show you, but anyway. So I've been waiting for these to go on sale for, for a while, and they finally reached the price where I could actually buy them at a decent price. And it's like the Mario Kart home circuit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or live home circuit so basically um with these what you can do is it's mario Kart but in real life so the the car's got a camera on and you set up a series of um markers like in your house and then you've got to drive through them to complete a circuit so your home basically becomes a mario Kart track so i've not broken into this yet or or played it but i'm, I'm looking forward to playing it so I'll, I'll let you know how it is and once it's set up, and I'll take some pictures so you can see what it's actually like. But yeah, so I got the Mario and the Luigi one, so that me and Lisa could like play it together. 
So, yeah, that's that. So, I got my first platinum. Oh, wow. Ooh. With the most difficult game you could ever imagine. It took no, you hours, have it took hours of, of grueling passion with this particular game. Um, passion? Okay. No, there's no passion involved. It were absolutely terrible. But um, So I played a game called My Name is Mayo 2. I don't know why, but I'll give you the premise to be purchasing this game. I woke up at about half past 12 or one o'clock in the morning and I went on Hot UK Deals and saw that it was on sale for 69 pence. And I was like, oh, then what's this? I like mayo. It looks interesting. <laughs> you like mayo? <laughs> I like sure. mayo. And, and I found in reading nice. about it <laughs> that it's an easy platinum and that you could do it within about an hour. But it but it's so mind mind numbing. So anyway, I ended up buying it. 69 pence. Nice. And the next day I installed it and I started playing. Um... How can I explain what this game is? It's a time sink. That's what it is. You basically spend the vast majority of the game with a picture of a mayo jar that you click 10,000 times. Um, there is some sort of story to this. So there, there's there's little mini games that you play. All all Pretty much all of them include clicking this mayo jar. That ch- They just change the picture of the mayo jar. There is There was one mini game in there that was fairly... Nearly fun. It was nearly fun. It nearly. was a it was a flappy bird version of this mayo jar. So basically, the flappy bird was the mayo jar, and you had to click, and so it jumped through these buildings. Um, so that was that was the closest thing to gameplay that I ever got to. But yeah, I got the got the platinum in the end. I did my ten thousand clicks, and my arm killed. I I actually I had to like swap fingers swap arms just so that i didn't get like rsi uh, but was yeah. it worth it i feel <laughs> that answers that uh, one, yeah. it? I, I feel dirty now this this was my first platinum do you know what i was i was before you ever mentioned that to us i thought if there's one game that it'd be perfect to platinum it would be that but i never said it to you because i thought i don't want to i don't want to encourage you <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> and then you sent that to us and I'm like, he's done it. He's only going to bloody done it. <laughs> yeah. Without any, without any prompting. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's done. So I've got that monkey off my back. Yeah, that's it. I might, I might buy My Name is Mayo and get that platinum as well. No, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> um so yeah so that's that's that done the next game that i've been playing about well this a game that i could actually play is um like matt i went and got nintendo switch sports so yeah i've I've only i've not played all the games yet so i've played so far tennis badminton and bowling so i've not played any of the other other games i think like matt said the controls aren't as good as they were on the Wii. And one thing I would have liked for them to do is get the Wii had a sensor. So it might have been nice for them to package a sensor in there that attached to your switch via USB. And then maybe had like a plug-in for the switch remotes to like plug into like a mold of a Wii remote or something, you know, to give you that nostalgia. 
and to give give it a little bit more functionality in terms of actually per perceiving like what kind of hits you're trying to make because I think it's the same like you just hit it and it'll you don't feel like you've got too much control over where the where the ball's going so but I ended up winning my my few games of tennis that I did have I don't think I played against anybody um so that was good I played bowling really really enjoyed that um when they first like started putting loading like the lobby and, and all the people I was like what the heck's going on here I just want a round of bowling on my own but I ended up winning fairly easily because I don't know if it was like a bot lobby or anything, but it, all the other players got like 80 points and I was there on like 180 something. So I still got it. Uh, but um, yeah, that was that was fun. Uh, one thing to note, uh, what you can do now is you can kind of communicate within the lobby. So if you like taking a good shot, you can like put like a happy face on there so or a sad face if it's not gone so well so there's like a little bit of communication there mm. but in, in Nintendo fashion it's it's not very I don't want to say it's not very good but it's just yeah it is, yeah, it is yeah I'd liken it to no it's not even as good as the communication in Forza Horizon it's basic that's what you're it's yeah it's basic yeah, yeah <laughs> let's say that and um, the last game that I played was badminton. So I actually lost my first game of badminton. So I was... Are you playing Matt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd definitely lose. I won't even score any points. So in badminton, it's first to five points. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I got to four points. And at this point, I was like, oh, this is easy. And I don't know, but I think I might have moved. And I didn't know that if you move, you've got to recenter the controller. So I started losing points because I was thinking, oh, I've got the remote in the right place because you have to like kind of hold it in front of you, um, which is different from the tennis style. A bit like a badminton racket, which I'm guessing that's what they're going for. But yeah, because I moved and didn't recenter the controller, I thought I was hitting it in the right place when I wasn't. And like I was shipping points left, right, and centre, and they beat me five four. But after speaking to Matt, he said, "Oh, you just need to reset your controller." Like, oh yeah, it's that easy, is it? <laughs> so yeah, now I know I now, now I know to do that. Um, I'll I'll go back on there and get my revenge. So yeah, but yeah, I think like Matt, I'm I'm enjoying playing it. It's um it scratches that that Wii Sports itch, and. Anyone that's got any nostalgia for that, I think, yeah, pick it up. I think it's only about 30 quid. So, yeah, why not? So, the next game that I've been playing is my first Yakuza game, Yakuza Like a Dragon. So, really stepped in there, mm, it's, it's like a baptism of fire. I think, I think you sent the link for this one, didn't you, Matt? And I was like, oh, all right, finally, I'll give it a go. Only to find out that none of you have even played this one, so I'm on my own. But it's it's good. Like the sto the story is really compelling. Um, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but I'll I'll talk a bit about the the main character that you play. So you play as Ichiban Kasuga, like Ichiban, you know, like lipstick for men, like on Friends. That's his name. And apparently Ichiban means the best. So I didn't know that. But yeah, he's, he's, he's quite quirky. Um, so he didn't have the best upbringing. So his his mother died 
and his dad walked out on him and he was brought up by a group of prostitutes and and then he kind of dropped out of school and then eventually joined the Yakuza and he, he's working like as a low level Yakuza person and eventually things happen and he decides to take the fall for something and go to jail for 18 years for somebody else and then that that's kind of like the first like arc but in terms of the the gameplay side of it it's i think you mentioned this matt it's, it's more like a japanese rpg in terms of the combat style so basically you would go into a a fight with somebody and it cuts to the screen where you've got a few different options so you can go into skills to like use special skills in combat whether that to be heat whether that be you can use a skill to heal or a skill to um get more or attack more and like drop more points off your opponent you can do like group attacks as well which are pretty cool um you can do normal attacks you can use items to get health back in battle if you need to and then there's also a block mechanic so or guard so when your opponent's attacking you if you click circle at just the right time you can block to take minimum damage so, so that's pretty cool that's that's so far that's been like the constant in terms of the 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 battle system and you get more people added to your party as you go along which are which are fairly quirky people in their own right but i'm sure anyone who plays this will will get there and i don't want to talk about them too much because it goes into spoiler territory but it's just i know you guys have talked about this before but it's just really zany like all the different mini games you can play and things like i had to beat i had to beat somebody up to stop them from stealing some baby formula i mean that that that's pretty weird um there were one point where i needed to take this bike and go and collect cans around the city and like push other people off their bikes and get their cans just so <laughs> i could earn some money oh well wow. that's like road rush eh? yeah but yeah just like little mini games like that one thing um it does when the game begins it starts in i think the year 2000 so what you can do is go into the sega arcades and play um different arcade games in there so i had to go at um street fighter 2 which I think was quite cool. Uh, there was a few other games in there as well, but I, I just stuck to Street Fighter. So I always enjoyed that where there's like games within games to find. And it's it was really, in a way, it was quite nostalgic. Like even though I've not ever been really in a, in a Japanese arcade, we've been to places that kind of mimic it, like Arcade Club and they've got the old like Japanese um, arcade machines. So that, that was like really nice. And then you have the time skip after Ichiban gets out of prison and then it's kind of more modern day. But one one thing it made me think about is if when you go to prison and basically you don't have any contact with the outside world, what it's like for people coming out because when Ichiban came out, it was like, what's this thing that people are holding and using because he'd never seen a smartphone before. So it kind of, that kind of shocked me. I was like, like what must it be like for these people? But anyway, that was just one thing that I picked up on. But yeah, in, ter- in terms of the game, it's 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 like really fun. The the story is really gripping, and um, yeah, I'm about eight hours in so far. I'm in the third arc. I'm not sure how many there there are, but yeah, I mean I know the the combat's different from other Yakuza games, but I definitely 
say, because you guys love the franchise anyway, I'd say, yeah, buy it, pick it up and give it a go. I think even you might like it, Mark, in terms of the, the combat. Well, like, I like the uh, Yakuza games in general, so... Mm. Yeah, because they're all zany moves. So there's this like there's this one guy with me, and he's basically he's a hobo. And what he, what he can do, he's got a move where he throws pigeon seed, and pigeons come and attack your enemies, which is quite funny. He's got this other one where he is an alcoholic as well. So he'll get his lighter out and like blow alcohol to make like a flamethrower and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, so so yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, c- I can't wait to get through this and then start playing some of the others. To be honest, I'll I'll definitely pick the collection up on the PS4 at some point. So the last game that I've played is Kirby's Pinball Land. So for this game, I actually I've had the box for years and never the game. I don't know why, but recently I decided let's put a game in that box. So I ended up buying it. Okay. <laughs> I think it must be from like a lot of games that I bought from somebody um, a few years ago and they didn't have the game. So, and, and I just bought the box from them. <laughs> okay. But yeah, anyway. So, it's basically it's just a fun little game for the uh, pinball game for the Game Boy. It, it works in, it doesn't work like normal levels. So, when you play the pinball game, there's kind of four areas that you can get to, and then you get to the next level after that. So what you've got to do is get the pinball to the next stage in the like the pinball like machine thing, and you've got to like battle enemies and get the ball into a certain place so you can get to the next stage. But yeah, it, to be honest, it's fairly basic, but it, but it's fun. It's just it's just pinball, really, and that's all I can say about it. Black and white pinball. With Kirby. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Okay. Shall we move on to a question then? Hmm. Oh, why not? So the question is, what is a game you continually return to, excluding live service and yearly releases? Quite a loaded question there. Mm. Uh, shall I begin? Yeah, why not? Okay. So I could reel off a list, because uh, there's quite a few. But maybe I'll talk about some in a bit, as honourable mentions. But there is one I've chosen. Uh, if anybody who knows me, it might be quite obvious. But my choice, of course, is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Mm. Uh, so basically, the original versions were like basically my childhood. Uh, my brother and I spent so many hours together on it. It was just some of the like most fun I've ever had in gaming, really. Um, and every time... Oops, Every time I put the like the new remaster on, it's like being transported back to like the late nineties and the early two thousands. It just took everything great about those original games and enhanced them perfectly for a modern audience. You know, like the challenges, you know, the new boards, the new skaters, things like that. But it didn't compromise on its quality and it didn't destroy the legacy of the original. You know, so you've still got I mean things like the music. It's just like yeah. just to have that music back, you know. The graphics, you know, really good. Because uh, I've like been back on like the the original original, and it's a bit blocky for to be expected. But they've, they've just done so well, and it it feels the same. That's what I like. It still feels. It doesn't feel like such a diversion from it. Also, I just think skating's cool. Never learned to do it, which is a a regret. But 
virtually I can skate to my heart's desire. <laughs> um, but what's great about it is that I can enjoy playing it on my own as well, as well as playing it, you know, with my brother or playing it with a group with, with you guys because we've played it occasionally, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's got like slightly competitive elements to it, but it's not it's not like rage inducing like FIFA, for example. So it's a game you could easily just go on, relax. We should go back on it sometime, I think. Just to, I think after we've had a odd odd night of playing FIFA and it's not gone well as it normally does. <laughs> we just jump on Tony Hawks. I think what we should do is skip the hard night of FIFA and just do Tony Tony Hawks. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that. Well, that's my choice. Go on, Matt. What's yours? So, when I was thinking about this question, um, one game sort of immediately popped into my head. I think similar for Mark as well. The, uh, eventually, a sort of couple of us sort of came to mind as well. But I think if I was just to choose sort of one um, that I can easily slip back into, no trouble, no every sort of quirk of the game, no, you know, everything that I need to know about the game and how I play it and I can still enjoy it every single time I go back to it. Uh, my choice would be Resident Evil 4. Yeah. So I think I've been playing this game ever since it came out on GameCube. Um, I've absolutely enjoyed it. It's like, it's probably my probably my first main Resident Evil game that I ever played. Like I played some of the classics but never for too long for coward reasons. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but this one is just like it I, I don't know how to, how to really describe describe it properly but just it's it's just such an easy game for me to be able to go back into you know the, the story i really enjoy the characters can be very funny um when they want to especially the line of like your right hand comes off i think that's uh in, in context it's very funny but it's just such such an easy to go, game to go back into, and then also having the mercenaries game mode in it as well, where it's all about kind of building up a high score, killing as many enemies as quickly as possible, and trying to get like high scores, and then unlocking all sort of costumes and, and weapons you can get from there as well. I just absolutely enjoy it. So every time it's it's come out on like a new console or maybe it's come out on PC, every time they re-release it, I seem to always pick it up and delve straight back into it i think at some point i do want to mod my pc version with the uh the hd project that came out that really ups all the all the graphics like every piece of graphics in that game's upped to like 4k quality so i really wanted to do that at some point and then if i ever get oculus uh oculus quest or if it ever comes out on ps VR too. I'd like to jump back into the VR version of Resident Evil 4 and just experience that game all over again in, in a new way. So, um, well, I absolutely love, I love it and adore Resident Evil 4 and I can easily go back into it every year, pretty much. So, uh, what about you, Nathan? So, mine is, I'll just get into it, it's Crazy Taxi. Hey. For me. <laughs> So, without fail, probably for the last eight years, I've played it at least once a month. Like, nice. just wow. even even if it's just like a ten minute round on it, because it, it 
for me, it's just one of those comfort games that it's just fun, zany, and it's it's just that nostalgia as well because that's probably that game and probably Sonic Adventure were the, like the two main games that I played on the Dreamcast, mm. and and that one for me was like creme de la creme, um, Crazy Taxi, like the first one. That's the one I've got the most nostalgia for, but. Um, but yeah, I like I, there's there's a few different drivers you can pick. So I always used to pick Gus because he's got like the, the kind of old school taxi car from like probably the 70s, which I thought was pretty cool. And you can when you go in, you can pick how how much time you've got to do your taxi fares. So you can I think you can choose three minutes, five minutes, and ten minutes as the options. And then basically you get that time to go and pick people up and take them to where they need to be. And I even enjoyed like the the product placements that they had. So they're like, oh, take me to KFC and, and stuff like that, which was which was pretty cool. And it was just fast paced action because if you like smashed into a building, your car would just flip off and go, go somewhere. It was just so arcadey and wild. It was just it was just brilliant. Um I think I think I know the roads on Crazy Taxi more than I do Sheffield probably. Um, but that's just me that I need to maybe do some more driving. Not like Crazy Taxi, though. Otherwise, some people <laughs> might die, including myself. But um, but yeah, I think that's that's the that's the game for me that I always go back to and and enjoy playing because it's just yeah, it's just so so easy and it's just fun. Shall we move on to honourable mentions? Oh yeah, Drop it to go my honourable mentions. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing is, I've got quite a bunch, and to be honest, you'll probably notice a theme that will develop between them all. So, of course, I'm going to say the best VR game in the world, Job Simulator. (laughs) So it turns out that I like nothing more than, after a hard day's work, coming home and working an extra shift at a corner shop selling slush puppies uh, to customers with CRT monitors for heads. So I can't explain why I love it. I just do. I'm weird. (laughs) And then, of course, you've got, um, I don't know if could, uh, this might be considered a live service. I don't know. Probably. But I'm going to say it anyway. That's a Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, I don't know if I class that as a live service game. Hmm. But anyway, the world's a wonderful place. Many places on Earth I'd love to go to. Probably never will. But, um, flying over our beautiful blue marble. Hey, uh, we should, you should go relaxing. to Shishima, um, Mark. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, that, that's an idea. Oh, I could do that when pod's over. Right. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's just like quite an inspiring and in special game, I think. Just find mm. over the world as it is. Pick a plane, go anywhere you want, and just be free. And of course, we've got House Flipper. This is a game we uh, keep going back to. Really? Yeah, yeah. We, we you know, we, we all enjoy House Flipper, don't we? Um, yeah. Yeah. Some of, the guess, some, some of the best games I've found are the ones where you're doing seamlessly tedious tasks. And they just somehow make them engage into play. And I don't know how House Flipper manages that. DIY is one of those things. It's just don't want to do it, but sometimes you have to do it. But it just makes you enjoy it. You know, housing market's dying on its arse. And prices are skyrocketing. But hey, on House Flipper, I can cover a former bungalow used in a crime scene to a lovely crash for, for children. But yeah. Then you can sell it for a pretty penny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. House flipper, house flipper, house flipper. It always upsets me because 
my own garden's a mess, but yeah, I can go on House Flipper and help sort yeah. somebody else's virtual garden out. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> virtual is better than reality. Hmm. Uh, but my final honourable mention is uh, Train Sim World Two. So we all love a good commute, don't we? <laughs> well, maybe I do. Uh, but it's better when you're the one driving the train. So quite simply, if you can't guess what it is, you complete train routes and service passengers on a diverse range of tracks using various locomotives. And the, th- the thing about this game is that I've even made my own little adventures on it. I'll tell you a little anecdote. So back in the day when uh, COVID was at its highest and you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do anything, you know, everything was shut, bars, pubs, clubs, everything closed. You couldn't really travel anywhere. So I was bored one day. Uh, do you know what a, a rail ale trail is? So basically a rail ale trail is where you go down a railway line and you stop at, at various stops and you visit a pub at each one. Hmm. Now, there's a real train line called the Transpennine, which runs between Leeds and Manchester, which I've really done in real life. I've gone, done that, and there's eight stops along that route and there's like a real ale pub at each stop. Okay. So I did that with a friend of mine. And then I decided to do it virtually. So so I set the light, I set the route up on the train sim world 2, made the actual proper stops, and I made a complete day of it. So I bought a series of real ales, and I stopped at each stop in game. And then for about an hour, I just drank my beer and did something at each one. So there was eight stops along this route. And so the first stop was Batley. So I had an all-day breakfast there, and I read the news. So basically, I tried to make it like at each stop, I tried to have a task to do, you know, something, mm. a job, something you would do in a pub. Right. So I read the news and I had my all day breakfast. I just had a tin all day breakfast. <laughs> oh, wow. Would that have heard the terrible? It was terrible, but it's a pub. <laughs> so pub food is terrible in general. So there we go. It's accurate. Uh, then I went to the next line, which is Dewsbury. And I read a book there for about an hour. But each one, obviously, I'm having a real ale. And then... The first stop was Murfield, where I played darts. I've actually got a dartboard, so I just played darts there at that stop. Then I went to Huddersfield, which uh, I had my lunch, where I had a pasta melt. Again, probably not the best quality. But, um, and then Slaithwaite, where I played dominoes. Marsden, where I had a pub quiz. And then Greenfield, where I watched a tribute band. I don't know if you normally do that in a pub, but... <laughs> I was I was stretching for ideas about that point, uh, but yeah, I watched a tribute band on YouTube, uh, and then I finished off with Stanley Bridge and I watched I watched some sporting event there. I think it might be a boxing match that I found on YouTube or something, but you know something that you might do at the pub. But yeah, that was my my day out in a virtual Transpennine real ale trail. And that it, sounds really good. One, it was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Loved it, and I had snacks as well. You know things like you know nuts. Chris, yeah. uh, bottle pork scratchings as well. So every nice. now and again, I d- dive into them, have my drink, do whatever my task is, and then get back onto the game, drive to the next stop, do my next thing. And it lasted all day. It was like, it's like nine, ten hours. <laughs> yeah, I did it from like ten a.m. till about, I don't know, like nine p.m. Yeah, and then he was slaughtered. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Really enjoyed it. Wanted to do it again. I need to find like other routes on it. So there you go. That's my honourable mentions. Wait. Any others? Go on. I would, for mine, I'd, there's only there's only another one that I could probably think of, and 
it's Crash Bandicoot. I always go back to it and try and complete it, but I always get to that same level. And that's the <laughs> that's where it ends. <laughs> is this um, the, uh, the bridge? Yeah, no. don't even say its name. Yeah, I always get to that point and, uh, and then it all goes downhill. But, but the thing is, I've got so many different memory cards for my PlayStation, I forget which one to put in. <laughs> and, You've completed and then, it, but you can't remember. It's just probably, a memory card. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I always just start from the beginning and get to that point, and that's 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 it. Mm. <laughs> I must have tried at least you'll be, you'll be ten here. or twelve times, like individual yeah. playthroughs in the last probably three or four years. But yeah, m- maybe one day. So am I. I do have a couple written down, and then I've actually just thought of a couple of as well. So now, so now my list is suddenly grown. So one of them that I do like to go back to is Fallout New Vegas. There's always, I, I think, maybe sort of maybe not over the last kind of few years, but definitely there's definitely like a, a good sort of like four or five year stretch where I've kept on going back, go back to it, restart it because there's like new mods have been made or stuff so uh, the modern scene for New Vegas was immense and they always create lots of new things just added like most of the experience with New Vegas it's, it's definitely like it's definitely my favorite Fallout game for sure so there's that one another one that I thought about probably more so the last three four years um, has been Rock Band 4 so I was seem to have a go on it maybe once a month at least, um, just just playing songs I like, try and get better at it, um, try and be on score, see if I can somehow brave playing the the extreme mode, which plays way too fast for me. Like I, I once attempted to try and do that on um, on the Dragon Force song, that oh, that's song infamous, that uh, through the fire and flames, and that is a ridiculous song to play on extreme it's already bad enough on hard it's, it's way too quick for me <laughs> um so you know uh, i don't know if i'll, I'll ever do attempt it again but maybe just just to make you feel bad matt did you ever see that person do it blindfolded on youtube i've not but i wouldn't be surprised if if he's he's learned all the different key presses and when to press them then mm. that, um no i'm not surprised a few of us a few of us that have recently popped into my head that i just thought about there's there's at least two arcade games that i'll i definitely go back to play whenever i end up in arcade and stuff so that's that would be um house of the dead and maybe i should say series because if i see a house of the dead machine i'm like right there i just got to go over to it and i'll just play whatever um, and then the other one would be Time Crisis. So I love my Time Crisis games as well. I think they're probably some of the best light gun games you can play. Um, I always enjoy having a go whenever I'm in an arcade if I see one. So those are games we continually return to. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on our social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter, at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.